Welcome back to the end of October. And welcome back to the regular exclusive with your host, Jason Renee, as always. <laughs> Renee, are you are you coping well with with October well, coming now to that an you end? Said that, it's like all hitting me and it's like I we haven't even hit Halloween yet. So like I don't want to be depressed. I'll be depressed <laughs> November 1st. I'm going to save it because it's still spooky season, baby. Well, we get into November and then it's a, it's sad girl season. Yeah, but then followed by we have the horror movie from Eli Roth, Thanksgiving coming out, which is just amazing. I've been waiting for a horror movie for Thanksgiving. Finally, a horror yeah. movie for Thanksgiving. It's like, <laughs> where has this been my whole life? <laughs> All right. Well, this week we're talking about the supernatural, which... Is it, you know, it can be a very, uh, very broad category because, you know, something's either supernatural or it's not. But, you know, we're talking about the afterlife, demons, ghosts, all that good stuff. And, you you know, for some of these, like some examples, we have uh, like The Conjuring. Incredible. Like, uh, one of my favorite late to the party movies, Sinister. Very mm -hmm. supernatural. Uh, you being a Stephen King fan, uh, 1408. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That not one's wild. so good. Oh, my God. It holds up amazing, and it's really freaky. But that one's less like, I like that one because it's a little different than the rest of these because they don't necessarily say it's ghosts and shit. Yeah. It's just like, it's an evil fucking room. That's all you know <laughs> is that it's a really fucked up place to be. We don't know why or where that's coming from, but that's what I like about it. It's spooky. Not to say that when you know it's a ghost, it's not spooky because that fucking is scary, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like if um, it's like something's either supernatural or it's sci-fi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's true, basically. And, but I mean, I love supernatural horror. I feel like I, I know a lot of people sometimes are like, oh, once it goes supernatural, I'm out. But it's like. I mean, there's a lot of things that I love in horror movies that could probably never happen in real life, but that doesn't stop me from watching and enjoying myself. Hey, I love when even not horror movies go supernatural. Mm -hmm. Fast and the Furious franchise, they went crazy supernatural, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It sounds like they are. I would never know because I will not watch, but... Well, we're going to open up this uh, this podcast talking about a movie that I feel like you have been mentioning forever yeah since we started this podcast <laughs> i saw this movie for the first time last year for halloween and i could not stop recommending it because it was just a weird movie that i had never heard of and then i watched it and was like this is fucking incredible i need to yell it from the rooftops and it took you a fucking year to watch it jace i'm pretty <laughs> mad but that's okay we watch a lot of movies every week it's okay Renee, that's your own fault. You don't realize how long your watch list is that I have. Okay? I know. <laughs> but you we're talking mine's about mine's not long, too. I'm just busting out. I'm you're doing rookie numbers. OK, you got to pump those numbers up, baby. Uh, maybe watch the movies that I recommend to you and then we can talk. But <laughs> we're talking about Hell House LLC. This is a very interesting movie because it came out in 2015. Um not even really sure how it came out because there's not really any numbers for it. It was, it seems like it was like a straight to DVD type thing, but it's, it's great. You tell us the basic synopsis of it. Okay. I'll try not to, to be too long, but basically it's, it's like a mockumentary 
So it's like pretending to be a documentary about this uh, event that happened in 2009 at the opening of a haunted attraction in upstate like New York area. This Like those haunted houses that people go to. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So these people go and they set it up and we basically get to go back and watch through their footage and like lead up to the big moment, which is like. They show it at the beginning. It's people running out of the place and you don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. And they say it was a malfunction, but like a bunch of people fucking died. The whole people who set up the thing, which is their business is Hell House LLC. And it's like everyone's dead. What the fuck happened? And so going through, it's like found footage, basically. Yeah. Version of like what the fuck happened leading up to that night. And it's extremely spooky. It's really, really good. I mean, first off, I really love the whole mockumentary thing with found footage because it makes so much sense. Like, yeah, we're we're watching this found footage because somebody's making a documentary about what they found. Mm-hmm, and exactly. With never before seen footage that like wasn't released to the public before, you know, these people now get their hands on it. It's wonderful. And I it like adds I know it's fake, but like having the other people commenting on things that happen. I just love that format. And yeah. it, I kind of that's one of the reasons that I enjoy those type of found footage movies. So I'm well, glad especially, you like it too. Especially with like how how prevalent documentaries are right now like yeah it makes it feel really real mm-hmm. like <laughs> oh that's like a common setup with found footage movies and i just love it because then i'm like yeah i'm watching a documentary this is kind of fun but then it's like oh shit i wish documentaries got all supernatural <laughs> at the end like or whenever you know that'd be fucking cool yeah because a lot of documentaries are just like and nothing has been done about this. <laughs> yeah. So... They make me very depressed. Or they're like, the government's covering it up. You know, it's like, oh, fuck. I mean, granted, they're covering this shit up, calling it a malfunction. From the opening scene, I'm like, I doubt that there's a malfunction <laughs> that kills a bunch of people. You know, those people weren't screaming like, oh, God, there's a, like, you know what I mean? It was just yeah, like, yeah. they were screaming their fucking, like, bloody murder. <laughs> but, and you watch more found footage than I do, but the only other movie that pops to my mind that does this kind of setup is, um, is from the tunnel that, Mm, that one that I told you about Mm -hmm. where they go under the tunnels of London and it gets crazy. I watched Um, that. See, I watch movies that you recommend. Hey, okay. (laughs) Just saying, I really like that one, but yeah, you're right. Very similar setup to the tunnel with like, there's something bad that happened. We're going to watch all the footage leading up to it. And like what really happened because no one's ever seen it. I love it. It's perfect. All right. So you've been trying to get me to watch this for a while. Why do you love this movie so much? I think just because the the title LL, ugh, Hell House LLC, first off, doesn't write, doesn't really like roll off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of would see that on like Shutter all the time. And I was just like, yeah, that looks silly. Like it's kind I mean, of a dumb name. It's kind of, <laughs> like, it seems like a that, dumb name. LLC. I feel like if it was just Hell House. I think there's an old movie though called Hell House, so it's like it had to do something different. And um, I, I'm like, once you actually start the movie, you're like, okay, I'm fine with it. Like I feel like pretty early on, I was like, okay, I'm not like, oh, this is stupid. Plus the whole documentary format, and they like kind of tease what happens at the end with like, and you're like, you're just intrigued from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I find that like I watch a lot of found footage. A lot of times it can be like really just jump scare heavy or like really confusing footage. I don't know what the fuck I'm even looking at. And this movie, I feel like does a lot with like stuff in the background 
and just really effective scares that were like way better than anything I was expecting from a movie titled Hell House mm. LLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Totally. Uh, I 100% agree. I loved this movie. Um, I mean, first off, Google should have paid for some of this movie because Google got so many shout outs. They got a YouTube shout out. Google Maps got a shout out. Yeah, like, right. You don't see Google Maps showing up in the street view. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the street view. I was like, oh, you don't see street view much in, in movies, but it's like it's a perfect thing you could do. I know. I love it. Um, yeah, I was really, really impressed with this because, um, you know, found footage they're always super low budget and so they can be done really well or they could be done very nauseatingly with just like shaky cam all over the place but this was really really great because i was super impressed that the way that they do they do it is it yeah it's all leading up to the big moment at the end but throughout the movie they kind of train you as the audience to always be looking around because mm -hmm. like things very move. early on you see the things move in the background and you're like what the fuck was that yeah like, it's so like often <laughs> halfway through the movie like there's the long scenes of like them going down the hall and being anxious and i'm like my eyes are exhausted because i'm just looking everywhere oh my god that scene when they're testing the lights in like the room with oh, all, yeah. like the hallway with the spider webs and it's like <laughs> fucking like flashing i'm like God, I'm going to have a heart attack just like looking at everything here. And then you see the things move in there and like an extra thing. I love when they go back afterwards because it's hard sometimes to catch it all when you're like fucking anticipating it from everywhere. So like I love that each time that that happens, they go back and like show the shot again when like the person's like, look at this shit. What the fuck? And yeah. it's like, I mean, I would be out of this place so fucking quick. <laughs> the minute one of those things happened. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I would be so fucking out of here. This place, first off, when they first get there, I mean, it's kind of the perfect setup for a haunted house, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like for a haunted attraction, it looks fucking decrepit and haunted as fuck when they get there. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, this is perfect. So like, I get that they're not like super weary about it at first. Like, huh, that's weird. Uh, but the, the minute that I, that I see the, the, pentagram on the wall and all the bibles on the floor i'm out yeah like, all that shit in the fucking basement <laughs> man and that basement like never want to go down there i can't believe that girl was like yeah sure i'll be the actress that's tied up or chained up down here by myself <laughs> fuck that and it's with those fucking clowns too i think that's another mm. reason i hate the basement is those goddamn clowns <laughs> are some of the scariest fucking clowns i've ever seen in my life and i <laughs> yeah. have recently watched the terrifier movie so there you go. Well, I mean, basements are inherently scary. I mean, that's like Sarah will not go in our basement. <laughs> so I'm the one doing the laundry is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. But, but hey, uh, well, more power to her. I would never step foot <laughs> in the basement ever in my life. But yeah, like they train you with all of these little scenes where something's popping up and you're like, oh, God, oh, God. And so then just, yeah, the whole second half of the movie, I was just anxious because I was just looking for it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they got me. They 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 tricked me into doing this. And now I'm scared of what's going to happen more than what's actually going to happen. Like, right. Exactly. It's pretty I know. brilliant. Like, it is. I find like especially the scene with like the guy, Paul, who's like mostly the one filming everything and who's always the one getting all scared of shit and like no one believes him. That guy, mm. when he's filming in his room, like towards the beginning of the movie and you see that fucking thing yeah. come in and it's like in the dark and it's like, you good? dude are you okay and then they just walk slowly out you're like oh fuck 
And then later when he turns it on in the middle of the night and the fucking girls sitting at the wall, like, yeah. oh, my God. And then he goes into the blankets and it's so genius. Like how just you're fucking sitting there breathing as fast as he is. And every time he looks, it's like she's looking at them and then she's closer. And then it's like, what the fuck? Like that is yeah. like everybody's childhood nightmare. Right. If I'm hiding under the blankets, maybe I'll be OK. But then like, yeah. nope. Nope. <laughs> and it's crazy because like, you know, what's going to happen, but yeah. like the way they draw it out and the way they use the first person view is yeah. so good that mm -hmm. like, you're just like, Oh God. It's one of the things I really enjoy about the found footage genre is like, if you're talented in any way, you could do something really fun and cool with it. That like makes it stand out or mm -hmm. immediately. Cause there's, I mean, it's literally a whole category on Tubi now it's found footage. There's so yeah. many of them, but I think like, there's just so many good, terrifying, anxiety-ridden sequences in this movie that, like, most other, like, I would say found footage, it's like, you know, it's always, it's harder to tell what's going on. And I do feel like the, like, the scares are less, like, all the time, especially for this movie once it gets going. It's just kind mm -hmm. of, like, fucking stressful from the middle of the movie on. You're just scared at all times. Yeah. Even though, you know, eventually something bad's happening in the basement, but you're still like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> Well, that was another thing I really loved is a lot of a lot of you know cheap horror movies or not so good ones. They rely on the jump scares to mm -hmm. have like a loud sound with them. Yes. And this movie like doesn't have those like the jump scares are they happen because just like something suddenly changes and you notice it or something pops up with the first with the found footage thing. Mm -hmm. Like the only loud kind of jump I feel like i saw in the movies when they answer the paul's phone and it's mm. like that loud screech yeah that's like the only one and so it's like even if you have the volume low this movie is scary yeah oh 100 percent. the sound is like it's really cool that they don't rely on that because they know that like just what you're seeing is enough to unnerve you and like make you jump on your own like when the fucking clown the one who's like always the problem who's walking mm -hmm. all over the fucking house all the time when he like turns his head i was like oh fuck no <laughs> yeah. and like even like like is it in that movie or like they have to like run by him or something and you're like yeah. oh my god fuck i would yeah. literally scream and cry and throw up if i had to even walk by that fucker i hate it and then i love too because they go down and like move his fucking face and it's like no it can't move it's like, get the fuck out, guys. <laughs> this is not a game. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know how they I mean, I know that they're all kind of in a strapped position, but still. <laughs> well, I mean, when when they find Sarah on the, the first floor, just staring at the wall, doing the Kit Harrington from, yep. <laughs> from Seven Days in Hell, I'm like, just leave her. Get out of there. Yeah, I know. And it's funny. Apparently, like it's like I read in the trivia because I, I learn new stuff every time, but I had never seen this. It says that like they it kind of sounds like she's speaking in tongues, but like mm -hmm. really what she's doing is speaking backwards. And she's saying, when I got to the door, the cops were arriving or something. So it was like she's already saying what happens to her at the end of the movie, but in reverse. I was Did like, this just become a time loop. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's kind of what I feel like with this hotel as it goes on, because you're just like, like, it's also creepy to me how this place it feels very much like a 1408 or The Shining where it's like alive. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's like yeah. reaching out and using people to reach out and get more fucking victims. It's creepy. I don't like it. I would never <laughs> I would hate to be tricked by a fucking haunted building. That would be the worst. Although I would never go into a place like this. So 
Well, and then the the ending, you know, you think that we're leading up to the YouTube video that we see at the beginning, but then it it goes beyond with the the whole thing is actually a trick to get the the cam camera crew in there. So. Yeah, I know, and I'm like, oh, you fucking idiots! And they're like, yeah, why not? We'll go there. This chick hasn't been creepy the whole time on an interview. I do have like questions about like, and this is something that they play with in the other ones, but I'm like. I feel like a ghost wouldn't pick up on camera. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like, you know, when you find out at the end, spoiler alert, that Sarah's been dead the whole time. It's like, don't you think that she wouldn't pop up on the video camera when you're sitting there recording her? Like, it's weird, right? Well, if that's the logic, then none of them would have popped up on any of the video. That is true. Okay, you're right. All right. (laughs) Never mind. I'm dumb. well, speaking of questions, um, the one scene in this that I did not like was that scene when they were I watched the director's cut. So just I don't know what's not. I don't oh. know what's in the normal. Um, but the scene where they're out in the field after I think it's like Tony freaks out and he's like, I quit, I quit. And he's mm-hmm. like and then he he like hints at what the thing is, but they don't ever actually say it. I don't like that scene because I'm like, why would they record this? You know, that's yeah, that's the thing with with found footage. That's the only scene where I'm like, why would they record this yeah. conversation? Did they but show they, the conversation in the director's cut? They show them in the field and like Tony. It's like After the, having the, changed his mind. The other guy tells Tony why they have to see it through. And but we, but we it? don't actually okay. hear the reason. So Tony's like, that's the regular. Right, cut I guess then. we're kind of stuck here. Um, yeah. So but we, they they don't actually say the reason why not why yet the main guy was like we have to do this. gung ho on it yeah you find out more in Hell House two and three about that okay you get okay. more footage and more info about how those guys came to be at the hotel you get backstories for a lot of different things too and like learn more about the hotel gotcha. but you also learn more about the Hell House crew so. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the third one specifically, they go into like they have actual footage of them actually discussing that, like Mac okay. and Alex, the main guy. Gotcha. So it's I think the director said when he first wrote this movie, he was picturing it as like three parts of one long story. Hmm. So he immediately started the second and third. And they now are we have definitely, a fourth coming. Now we have a fourth. It's a prequel about the clowns. So that's kind of like I love it because I do feel it's diminishing returns for two and three. Two's actually pretty good. And I would still say both of them are better than the majority of horror movie sequels and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like I just love the first one so much. It's like they were never going to top it. You know what I mean? But it mm-hmm. is just fun to like learn more of the lore and like about the place and like fucked up shit. And there's really good creepy stuff. So yeah, it's still it's definitely worthwhile to watch the other two. It's definitely scary. And the uh, my last little kudos I'll give with found footage. You know the idea is that we're watching something because somebody wanted to record something, and so in some cases, like the tunnel, they work together, and that's why they record it. In this case, they're a bunch of friends that started this business together. So, but you have to believe in the relationship and the dynamic of the people mm-hmm. and they crush it in this movie. Like I, I totally like believed these guys were all bros mm-hmm. and like they were just doing this thing and having fun. And like that, that was the, that was the most important piece for me. It was just like, 
for me to care about them yeah. as individuals and them dying, I have to believe and actually like be able to kind of relate with the dynamic that they have. And they, they, they were great. I thought I they agree. were so good. They feel very natural, like friends. I feel like this movie and like the the movie The Ritual, you know, that's a big fan mm-hmm. of ours. Yeah. I find that like these both surprised me when I watched them. It's like, wow, these feel like real friends that I'm watching. And I feel yeah. like I'm just I'm just like peeking in on this when it's like real people or some shit, you know, yeah. just they really nailed the dynamics. And that's just rare, you know, especially in horror. I feel like they don't you know, it's all about the scares. They don't necessarily have to fill all that stuff in. But I think really good horror movies make you fucking care and believe the people. And like, this is like you were saying, a very good excuse for having a found footage movie, right? Mm-hmm. The, the documentary, but also they're filming the whole time setting up because they use it for the next haunt when they set that up. And then also for like their fans and stuff on their website. So yeah, they have, I mean, they have like legit reasoning for like filming everything in the house all the time. Yeah. Found footage has been around long enough that you can't just, do found footage for the sake of found footage like Blair Witch Paranormal Activity like they can just do whatever they want because they were the early ones to do it yeah. you know? so n- now it's like you gotta evolve the storytelling you gotta a find bit. a new way in and I find that this movie really did I'm yeah. very glad we have it and I hope you all enjoy it if you watch it this Halloween it's perfect yeah it's scary so let's talk about a new horror movie that we love talk to me Where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone that could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. (laughs) All right, let's do this! You know the drill? Say, talk to me. Talk to me. All right. Maybe our most anticipated movie of the year. We're talking Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. Finally. I'm here to talk. Let's talk about Talk, <laughs> talk to Me. Talk to me, Renee. Let's no, you talk, talk to me. To I'll me, talk to Jason. you. Let's just talk. Let's talk over each other the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the podcast, right? That is the podcast. <laughs> so this came out um, this year, 2023. Are Which, you sure that that's our year we're in? It seems like well, you're unsure of I'm, that. <laughs> I'm questioning it because IMDb says 2022, and I'm like, that's, no, that's, that's not right. No, it's uh, 2023 because this one, I feel like, would have been had a lot more competition if it had come out in 2022, but I would say, mm-hmm. like, for sure, it's definitely the best horror movie of 2023. Yeah, so far, it's def- yeah, it's at the top of my list. I mean, for... so far, we're almost done, so there's not much time left, and we're hey. almost done with Halloween, so... Yeah. There, there could be, uh, you know, a little surprise, a little jump scare of a, of a movie. We got Thanksgiving and Christmas horror on the way, actually. So we're eating good. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this came out this year. And um, God, I mean, we talked about it last year with um, with Barbarian. But man, I fucking love these YouTubers. They are <laughs> doing their thing. <laughs> Good for them, man. I just I'm really excited that we're getting wackier shit in movies that are mainstream now, because I feel like one of the reasons I love horror movies is because some of the wackiest shit I've ever seen is in horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that slowly it's been like creeping into like mainstream movies that everyone's seeing like Barbarian. 
And mm-hmm. like this one definitely has some like crazy ass what the fuck shit. And I just like I loved everything about it. I think the guys who are on YouTube like, you know, they're doing their thing there. And I like that, especially with A24, that's a great place to go to and like keep your style, you know, the mm-hmm. signature like vibe of your shit. I feel like that's not what you get at every single studio. So it seems to be a good match. I made a list of uh, some recent notable um, YouTube movies and all but one of them I love. So, I mean, first off, we got eighth grade Bo Burnham coming out and just doing a a junior high movie, which was really, really good. Not a horror movie. It's just a just a drama. Really good. Hey, some people would say that eighth grade is a horror movie, so you never know. (laughs) I mean, as a male, I I don't experience that. But for a woman, I can imagine. Oh, 100%. Uh, My whole life is a horror movie, Jace. <laughs> uh, then we got, last year we had Barbarian. So the whitest kids you know. Well, one of the, the whitest kids you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure some of them were in there doing stuff on the production. Let's not lie. <laughs> but, and then this year we had uh, Raka Raka's Talk to Me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's, that's a mouthful. I like it. <laughs> Now the one movie that I uh, didn't that neither of us liked was Skinnerine. I was just about to say Skinnerine can go fuck off. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. But with I'm, that I'm budget, sure. <laughs> with that budget, you know, good for them. Uh, but yeah, that's bite sized nightmares. Mm. That's the YouTube channel, and then uh, one coming out at some point in the future with A24. So I have high hopes. Uh, the back rooms. Mm. You, we'll see little, if that's another skin of a rink or if that's another talk to me. Who knows? Uh, A24 is going to give him more of a budget than skin of a rink. I hope they make him give us a plot. That's all <laughs> I ask. It's just some sort of a plot and characters' faces. That's really all I want. The YouTube the YouTube is the no plot version. You sound A24 like 80 is years old saying the YouTube. <laughs> You the YouTubes. <laughs> this is really great. That was good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just I love the creativity that's coming out of 100%. it. You know, especially with I feel like every year there's just more and more people say Hollywood's unoriginal. Just watch horror movies, man. Come mm-hmm. on, there's so much originality. <laughs> you, you have to be original to stand out in such a category. I do feel like you can't. A boring horror movie really just pisses me off because I'm like, <laughs> you have like full capacity to do whatever the fuck you want, and you're just gonna play it safe. Yeah. Get out of here with that. You know, <laughs> I want some weird or something crazy. Just go for go balls to the wall. This is the genre. Yeah. That's why it's the best. Well, and uh, talk to me takes the title for. Um, best box office youtube movie so barbarian last year on a budget of four and a half million they did 45 million worldwide so a 10x that's still pretty good uh Uh, but talk to me uh said hold my beer and they doubled my hand (laughs) (laughs) yeah hold my hand let me in (laughs) yeah all the things they doubled it and they did 90 million nice. worldwide. They did 48 million in the US. So like cool. They they crushed it. Absolute hit. Um and I think you told me this is the second sequel that A24 is ever green greenlit because the After, first one Pearl. Yeah, Pearl prequel, but like they've never greenlit like another movie to have a sequel or prequel after the first one but x got i guess 
Pearl was also before the first one even came out. They agreed to it, but they green, yeah, they, they greenlit, greenlit it. it. But yeah, so they, they it. yeah, but they they greenlit it a bit earlier, I would say. But like, talk to me. It was like as soon as it came out and was doing well, it was like okay, they're doing a sequel. Like they announced that before we even went and saw this movie. So like, they announced it within a week, pretty quick. Yeah, they they announced it faster than smile announced this the sequel and it's smile did like over a hundred million <laughs> like, yeah. what what are they doing i'm not smiling about that info sorry i'm all i'm all dad jokes today <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so love it Lo- love seeing that these guys did so well because this movie was just wonderful incredible we need more australian horror movies too don't you think I love Australian horror movies. I know you love Australian movies. Their accents, I think, is 90% of it. I just could listen to Australian people talk all day long. I feel like this is the first Australian horror movie that I've seen that actually had a kangaroo in it. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I guess so. I know you've seen more than me. I'm pretty sure that, like, doesn't he, like, kill a bunch of them in, like, Wolf Creek 2? Like, he runs over a bunch of them, and you're like, I already fucking hate this guy. (laughs) I never saw the sequel to Wolf Creek. (laughs) Really? Okay, Jace. I know what we're doing our first commentary on. (laughs) I love Wolf Creek, but... uh... No, I know. I think I've just seen that scene, though. And that's in the opening. And then I think I was like, I don't need to watch this movie. (laughs) Why the fuck is he running over a shit ton of kangaroos? (laughs) It was weird. But anyways, Uh. yeah, this was the first one that, like, I think it kind of made me laugh when I saw the movie, though, because I was like... Oh yeah, like kangaroos are like must be like their deer, you know, where you hit a deer and it's just normal. But like, that, that's a great <laughs> parallel. Yeah, this, this must be a deer. <laughs> to them, it's just and it just seems so weird to us because it's like, can you imagine hitting a fucking kangaroo on your way to work? I'd feel a thousand times worse than if it was a deer, and <laughs> I also would feel terrible if it was a deer. But still, I think kangaroos like that just was a real cultural moment for me that I was like, oh wow. <laughs> I mean, I am glad that when they had the scene where they hit the deer, they didn't go like Crocodile Dundee with it and just be like, Oi! Fucking yeah! You mean the kangaroo? The fucking kangaroo. Yeah, you gotta do that. If you're gonna do the Australian accent, you gotta say kangaroo. (laughs) (laughs) Law. Uh, But yeah, so this movie was great. And, you know, so this is this movie did something really impressive, almost like uh, Mike Flanagan doing Dr. Sleep levels of impressive where they. I'm so glad you can say that to me now. (laughs) (laughs) I've been waiting for so long for you to see that movie. It just feels like your thing is always mentioning the mummy. And my thing is always mentioning the last podcast we just did. So I know uh... (laughs) I love it though. It just makes me feel good because all these movies I'm like, I've recommended this to you for like three years and you're finally watching it. It feels so good. (laughs) I just had to revel in the moment, but sorry, I didn't mean to totally derail you. But they had a uphill battle, Mike Flanagan levels of doing Dr. Sleep of how do you follow up The Shining? They how do you do a possession movie in a unique way at this point? Yeah, I honestly like that's the only like I was excited to see this movie because of everybody talking about it and like talking about how great it was. And like, just I think hearing that people were saying like it's incredible and all this stuff hyped it up Mm -hmm. for me because I saw the trailer and thought it looked cool and interesting, but I was not as like hyped on this as I was like for when I saw the trailer for Barbarian or whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that? 
Like, I just am so over possession movies at this point because it's like, it kind of is like what we were just talking about with Carrie, where it was like, Carrie did it so well the first time. Why the fuck are we still trying to do it again? Like, there's just no point. They nailed it, right? I do yeah. feel like The Exorcist nailed it so well. It's like, but that, that's been the only thing that people have done with it for so fucking long. I feel like yeah. this this movie, there's a few others that have done something different, but they stand out a lot more in that genre to me. It, like, it's almost like I'm impressed that you're bringing me into the genre that I thought I was over. Yeah, and I think um, a movie that we talked about recently that did the possession thing in an interesting way, but they went more sci-fi with it than horror was The Possessor, the Cronenberg. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was definitely more of a sci-fi, but yeah, similar. Yeah, like that was like a futuristic thing. Um, so yeah, this doesn't go sci-fi way that this does like the horror, the horror movie, but yeah, they do it in a really interesting way. So like some of the, you know, notable possession movies that have come out over the years, like obviously the exorcist evil dead. Mm -hmm. uh, That's actually like, I enjoyed that when I saw the evil dead movies. Cause I didn't really know. I thought they were like zombies or something before I saw it. So, like, mm -hmm. I liked that those were another different thing done with the, with the possession thing. Because those were, like, they love talking shit and being disgusting. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's a choice, at least. That's something. I mean, they were kind of like that in The Exorcist, but it felt like they actually were more silly in Evil Dead. And I kind of enjoyed it. Like, cartoony. <laughs> Isn't one of the lines in The Exorcist, like your mother sucks dicks in hell or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm saying like, so like obviously, cause it's like, like the demon says some shit, but I'm just saying, and he does some fucked up shit, but I would just say like, you know, that movie, I think takes that to another level. Yeah. <laughs> the evil dead. I think we can all agree. goes a little bit further than the exorcist. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and then there was also two movies more recently that, that kind of played around with it. Um, similar to like Possessor on the sci-fi level, um, we we also talked about the movie Upgrade. Oh by, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, that's definitely a sci-fi action movie. But yeah, possession of an AI rather than a spirit. But, but also Get Out. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, spoiler alert: if you're the one person who didn't <laughs> see that movie, um, it's a possession movie. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. That's also a very different, unique. It's like interesting when they do movies like that where it's like a living person possessing you instead of like a spirit, because mm -hmm. it's always harder to explain that. Because like for some reason, it's like, oh, if it's a spirit, it's like, okay, well, I can buy that. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's still weird, but I would say the movie I just mentioned to you, it's called When Evil Lurks. It just mm -hmm. dropped on Shutter. A lot of people have been talking about it. I went and saw it uh, the other day, and it was really, really well done. It's all in Spanish. It's from Argentina, um, but it's about these like two brothers who like on their the in the neighboring farm that this man is like infected by a demon. And so he's like huge and like pulsating and like puking weird fluids, and it's like almost like. Uh, it's like body horror kind of, but it was like, he's sick. Like they all say like he's infected. Like he's one of, he's one of the rotten is what they call them. And then uh, it's like, they're like, okay, we have to dump his body and like drive, drive him hella far away. But then it's like, Oh, we have to burn our clothes. And then it's like someone touches the clothes and then they're possessed. And I was just like, it's got some really weird things that like are totally different than what we're used to. 
And I found yeah. it to be very refreshing with a lot of different rules that I was not used to. And like, even just the thing of like, we have to burn all of the clothes and like wash ourselves and like someone could get it just from sniffing your clothes or like touching them. Like that just seems insane. <laughs> oh, I'll have to check that out. That sounds good. I like when someone takes the idea of possession and like, or any kind of genre, especially in horror, I feel like it's why I'll always love a really interesting, like I love slasher movies, but like if you give me a fun, unique take on a slasher movie, I appreciate that because mm -hmm. it's been done a billion fucking times. And when somebody comes out here, like in the year 2023 with something unique on something that's been done a million times, I just feel like it's always welcome. <laughs> Well, and I feel like horror, the horror genre reinvents itself better than any other genre, because is there any other genre that has more tropes than horror? Oh, and I don't think they so. continue to just like reiterate and reinvent on top of it. It's, it's because we get the meta movies within like the the genre that like comment on it and they're like self-aware. So I love that. I mean, there's you see that in some other movies. Obviously, it's not just horror, but. I love that in horror. And I feel like when that happens, like scream, that's when the rules change and they have to change again. And then it's like, then cabin in the woods comes and we got to do something yeah. different. And it's just crazy how it like evolves over time. You're so right. And that's why I love it. You know, it's yeah. always changing and challenging the rules and like doing something new new scream is like the ultimate refresh genre refresher yeah movie. like they needed that like at that point it was like they were on like fucking nightmare on elm street six <laughs> and like friday the 18th i don't know like it was just so fucking many you know it's like we were over it and i feel like scream came out and was just like we need something new because we're all different now we're not the 80s kids we don't want to just see tits and blood I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we do, but like, you know, challenge me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, on Talk to Me, I mean, the the real refresher of this movie is they are like a refresher of the Ouija board mm -hmm. horror, you know, like the Ouija board is probably the most like synonymous uh, thing with horror movies. Like so many movies have a Ouija board at some point. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's fuck around with this board game and, you know, call a spirit. They were like, hey, let's 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 redo this. Let's let's try something new. And that hand that they have might be the greatest just like marketing decision ever. Oh, yeah. Like it looks so good on a poster like. You're just like, what is going on with that hand? <laughs> I have already like, well, at least I hope, Nolan, if you're listening, that you have already pre-ordered this because I sent him the link. But they're selling <laughs> it at the A24 store. You can pre-order it for Christmas and it's like a pipe you can smoke out of it. And oh, it's like huge. Snap. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I don't want anything else. If you get me anything else, I do not want it. Return it. I only want this. So do you have to say talk to me before you hit it? And then you have to say let I let you in. I let you in you, and as as I take exhale. a hit. Oh, believe me, Jace, I've thought all about it. I'm gonna try it every which way, and I'll probably be possessed and killing myself within a few days, but just check in on me, all right? Now the question is, is the is the pipe part is that the thumb or is it the finger? It's the finger sticking out. So it's like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait. I can't wait to do to do to have it around and just have it as like a fucking like it's like it's just the perfect thing to put in your movie and go people will fucking buy that from the A24 store. $100? I don't give a fuck. Send it to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like Smile probably has the greatest marketing campaign of all time. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I think this might be the second. Like, just that hand was so good. Product placement of, like, creating a product that people are going to want, right? Yeah. I also think back to, like, a previous example of, like, Jurassic Park. Like, that was great. Because then it's like, great. All the things that they would sell at Jurassic Park, we can fucking make all that shit and fucking sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just perfect. So... All right, so let's get into this movie. This movie is crazy. So a fun story to lead into this. Me and Renee were texting each other as we normally do when we watch movies. And we were both just super excited for this, like more excited than any other horror movie that was coming out. And we're like, both the people that that we're, that we're with are not horror movie people. So they're, we're just like, okay, so we can't go see this with them. And then I think, Renee, you were like, what if, what if we went and saw it in different theaters, in different states, and then we just called each other afterwards? Like, we just go at the same time. It's kind of like we're going together. <laughs> and then we also looped in Avery, who is just, she's been on the pod before. She's great. She was also very hyped on this movie. She's actually a big fan of the possession genre, which I was like, really? Okay, explain <laughs> yourself. Um, but I, we all three went and saw it the same day, and I just felt like I've never been happier. That was the coolest thing ever, because it was like, yeah, I'm going to a scary movie by myself, but like, I felt like not as alone because you guys were there. Like, yeah. I knew you were there like in another state. I probably sound fucking insane right now, but... I was extremely scared too of seeing it by myself. Like I felt like oh, it yeah. really added to the fear that I felt during the entire movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I was scared. I also think that I added a little bit of fear to all of the couples that were in the theater watching this. There's like, who's this guy? Yeah, by you look like a serial killer. <laughs> they just look like, oh, that poor girl for me. You know, it's like, oh, poor honey. And then I'm like, I just brought my fucking gun. Get out of here. Don't fucking say shit. Just kidding. I would never. But it's like, yeah, they probably didn't even give a shit about me. But for, for like you, it's like, yeah, you're definitely the fucking creep alone in the theater. At least you didn't do that for Barbie. I really the hope. Old white guy with a mustache. Yeah, Doesn't bode well. Some you have a hoodie on? Oh, shit. Everybody yeah. out. That was until they saw me plugging my ear during the movie. Because that's what I do during loud horror movies. I remember that you do that, you little fucking pussy. <laughs> it's really cute. But this... So, I mean, I'm glad that I saw this in theaters. Because there's certain things in this movie this is not a loud horror movie like this isn't a jump scare movie but there are parts that like when they do get loud you're like oh shit so like the very the opening of this movie it's a long one take and we love, love one take. It. oh god i was already all in <laughs> long party one take like it feels almost like project x it you does know, kind feel of like thing. a project x party and you're like following this guy he's just looking for his brother it's kind of hard to understand everything because they're australian too so they're talking fast it's really loud i'm like oh my god Boy, i love this but like this is my brother 
God, you know what you kind of sound like as the guy from fucking Crocodile Dundee. No, you sound like the dude from Lost, Desmond, who's like brother, like and he's Scottish. So like I feel like you're going a little Scottish with it, but uh, you're right. I guess it's kind of similar. Okay, I'll let you keep going. It's not that similar. I, <laughs> Scott, I have a lot of Scottish in my blood, so it's that just leaking through. It. It's a terrible accent. But anyway, long one take. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to take another side here, but yes, very long one take. Wonderful. I love it. It's very like Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> is what yeah. I always just think of personally uh, from Boogie Nights, like that incredible yeah. one take. And I feel like going in through a party and like all this stuff, it's chaotic. It's frightening. It adds to the like tense. Like you're just like, I don't know what's happening, but like I'm worried. <laughs> some dude busts in a door. <laughs> yeah. When he kicks in the door and the dude's like, dude. <laughs> but then when he gets the brother, you're like, okay, yeah. And then it's like, Everyone filming. That's one of the thing I really love about this movie is everyone getting mad at everyone when they're using their phones and filming everyone. Because I'm just like, this is so fucking real. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I loved that, and I loved that as a horror movie, they didn't shy away from technology. They're like, yeah, if we're at a if we're at a young person's party, like these people are all in high school, which yeah, you know, like they would all have their phones. They would capture all this stuff and. It like registered to me. I'm like, yeah, you know, you can YouTube right now. You can look up horror shit and be like, oh, yeah, it's fake, whatever. And it's like, yeah, no one would care if you were recording something crazy that happened. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, they're not shying away from technology. That's always the thing in horror movies. Like, what? Why don't they just use their phone? They, that's why they always have to say, oh, no service. It's like, we get it. I would love <laughs> to see a horror movie where they do have service and they're just idiots in other ways. You know, mix it up a little, people. But yeah. I like the fact that, like, everyone's on their phones. They do have to, like, try to deal and explain things to the police and parents at some point. And it's like, so, like, how do you fucking do that? Like, there's just yeah. no way. And, like, but I think one of the things that I love about it that's very accurate, like no matter, I know this is definitely a modern version of it, but like I used to fucking play with the Ouija board every day in junior high with my friends. And we would like fuck around with it all the fucking time. And someone mm. I remember was like, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to fuck around with that shit. And that was the first time that anyone had ever been scared of it. And I was like, because I'm just an idiot kid. So I'm just saying that like if someone could do this now, instead of this being this huge like, oh my God, it would just be kids fucking recording it and putting it on TikTok and then people being like, that's so fake. It's yeah. like, it's just, that's just the world we are always going to be in like with TikTok and social media. But like the fact that like they're still courageous and don't think that anything can harm them at this point, even when they're letting a ghost possess them, as crazy as that sounds, it tracks, right? Like yeah. that's just how kids are. Yeah. And yeah, I want to get into the possession in a, in a second, but I just wanted to say that the opening one take and how they transition from the party to, okay, something's wrong. They bust the door in, pulling the dude out. And then the dude stabbing his brother abruptly and then stabbing himself in the head. Like, first off, that's a very sharp knife. Like, either it's a sharp knife or he has a soft spot in his forehead because it went through like butter. I think it went into his eye. I think he oh, stabbed himself he through the eye into his brain, which I think would obviously kill you. But like, I'm just saying this movie had a lot of eye shit and I just, <laughs> I see it yes. all the time. And I'm like, 
I always wonder what horror directors have against eyeballs because I feel like they love to fuck with them, which is fine. Like, I'm okay with it because I've seen it enough now, but like, it's a thing, right? And this movie, they really are really good at making you uncomfortable with it because, like you said, the knife going in like butter, like, I just feel like the sound of the effects of like that shit too, like when he like stabs and then even the screams, it's just like all very visceral. So when I say I'm glad I saw this in theaters, when he stabs himself in that split second, I audibly screamed in the theater. I was like, oh, we we're like, OK, no wonder this guy's here alone. You just want anyone to see him plugging his ears and screaming like a bitch. <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, the sound is like I would say really they bring it in this movie like the sound effects are pretty fucking gnarly and they're really what get you. I mean, it's very visceral gore when it gets gory, but it's not like, I mean, it's definitely not terrifier, but like it is extremely like effective with the sound. Everything is yeah. really gnarly because I feel like the sound is like extra. Yeah. Like this reminds me like, so like this is an R rated movie mm -hmm. and it, it's not R rated for the gore. It reminds me of kind of the conjuring and that like it's R rated because it's it's really just scary. I would say it's definitely for the gore. I mean, if you're not telling me that you think it's gory, like when at the beginning okay. scene that we're describing, that's pretty gory. And then if you think about like just for the average the audience, the kid, the kid fucking himself that, up. Okay, that's R-rating enough. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> okay. okay. Then the scene of hell or whatever the fuck that is, the underworld. That's also fucked up. <laughs> That's some fucked up shit, man. I've only seen that in a handful of movies. <laughs> and it is gnarly. So I would say if you're like, oh, worried about the gore. There's like when the gore is in this movie, it is very like visceral and like graphic. But it's not like the whole movie. Like a lot of it. I would just say it is more gory, though, than your typical possession movie. Those don't tend to be that gory. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the kid the kid going for the the record of best headbanger of all time. That's probably the goriest scene. Uh, that's so funny. That's the so hell true. scene is like a flashing kind of thing. It effective you know, as fuck though. There's '90s movies that are better at better than that. But okay, I'm just saying that like all I needed was a flash of that. If I would have seen more than a flash, there's like a baby being crushed in there. Like, you have not that. watched this movie close enough, Jace. If you watch this, it is fucked that what they show are, you. Are in you that going frame by moment. frame with this? <laughs> no, but I'm just telling you in that scene that you're saying, oh, no big deal. It might have been a fucking second, but like, you see that, it's burned into your fucking brain. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's visceral shit, is all. That's, I just feel like I've seen a billion possession movies. I feel like the person possessed, like, gets purple or like weird colors and starts yelling obscenities and shit. But like yeah. this movie does something totally different with that, which yeah. is like really one of the other things that's unique about it is that like the actual like violence is very realistic mm -hmm. <laughs> and it feels like I don't know. It just doesn't feel as like like there's not this whole thing of like God is the one that has to save you also, which is always yeah. the message. I just watched the nun, too. And that's like. I mean, it just is so religious. I know it's the nun, but still, it's just like all of these movies, it's always God who has to save the day, you know, yeah. Yeah. to expel them. I mean, the person who's wielding God's power or whatever the fuck. So another <laughs> reason I enjoy it. I just think this movie is just in every way that it could be unique from the other things it is. So um, on a on a scale of you love her to you love her, how much did you love Sophie Sophie Wilde as Mia? 
I loved her. Um, she was amazing. She was just incredible. I think especially what really like made me fall in love with her was just all the scenes where she's possessed. She really she's takes incredible. it up a notch. <laughs> like she's just she's wonderful. Oh, not yeah. in like a, I want to. I want you to like talk to me until I fall asleep kind of way, like you and yeah. McGregor. But yeah. like she is so effective when she's screaming, "Run, run, run, run!" I'm like. I'm going to turn this movie off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, this kid is still sitting here. I would be fucking out the door. I would never come near this place again or the hand. This kid's braver <laughs> than I am. And he's like 12. But I'm just saying, yeah, you're right. I agree. I do think that the character of Mia is like, I kind of feel like the more I watch it, I'm like, yeah, her friend is like, I just feel bad. Like that poor, her friend is just like, man, this bitch is fucking up everything. <laughs> Because I do feel like Mia makes a lot of terrible choices and is very like one like single minded, but like she's great and unique in that way. I love it when we don't have the perfect final girl. You know, it's someone who's really struggling throughout the whole movie. So this is a this is a great segue. Um, we got some uh, some fan questions and feedback and thoughts on this movie, and um, our friend Jason, he simply just asked. Is the main character deserving of any sympathy? She is, but I just think like, okay, like I don't think she deserves her fate. Like, I feel like that's a bit harsh, but like, I do feel like she has it coming by the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she does one too many things that you're like, come on, bitch. Like, but also she's grieving her mom. Like that's fucked. You L know, let me ask you, does she do anything right? In this <laughs> mm, that's a good question i don't i think the one thing that she does at the very beginning of the movie obviously this changes but like she goes to pick up riley when his sister forgot she's nice to riley the younger brother mm. of the yeah, friend yeah. she's so nice to riley and really like a good friend to him because i feel like even his friend is an asshole and it's mm. like I just kind of feel like Riley is the character that I sympathize with this entire movie. And I just feel so bad for that kid that I really love their relationship at the beginning. And then I just hate how she fucks it all up because yeah. it's like you were doing so good. <laughs> and you just screwed up everything for this poor kid. Like, I just I, I have so many questions about the end, but that's a great question. I can see like that fits into what I'm saying. She's not extremely sympathetic, but I think she deserves some. Right. I mean, I don't know. She so she makes a lot of bad decisions. Like she's like, "Hey, um, your brother should um, get possessed because it's fun." Um, and then after she, they all say no, and this friend's like, "No fucking way," and it's yeah, like, it, and then she <laughs> then she sucks her her best friend's boyfriend's toe. That's not on purpose, and she is just <laughs> as upset as he is by that. When I rewatch that scene, I'm just like, you know what, dude? You don't have to... I mean, I get it. That guy probably has the right thing. Like, I'm out of here. If someone's fucking sucking my foot, I'm out. Like, I don't even want to stay to find out their reasoning. However, she has a good point, right? Is that she was possessed. It wasn't her. It's not like she was just doing that. You know, there's some sleepwalkers out there. They're like, I get it. I've done, yeah, but she I've done was that. clearly possessed. We could tell that because she was yelling at the thing who was doing it, which was 10 times worse than when she was doing it. Just saying, if that guy had seen the real spirit that was sucking his foot, ugh. oh, yeah. The Sophie Wilde sucking your foot is much better than yeah. whatever that thing was. <laughs> Still upsetting to find, I agree. But I do think that, like, in general, yeah, I think she she's not perfect, but like, do you have no sympathy for her? Is that what you're saying? So here's so here's my thing. 
I don't have any sympathy for, and I also do have sympathy for, because one thing that stuck out to me on the rewatch, I didn't really get this the first time. And then, um, friend of the podcast, uh, Juge pointed this out. Also, this movie is really like a, um, it's like a don't do drugs ad because she is clearly using the possession as like self-medicating her grief. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's very much like a drug addiction thing. So like through the lens of that, she's an addict. And, and so everything that she does going forward is like, yeah, that's the behavior of someone who is not in the right frame of mind. Who's, who's more concerned with getting a fix than what's actually going on in reality. And so it's really sad in that sense of like, she is doing this thing because she can get relief from the grief that she's experiencing because of her mom. And if she sucks some toes because of it, like that's just a byproduct. I think she was just as upset as anybody else was. I just want that to be clear, but yeah, (laughs) I, that's why I think that she's super like, and I think the actress is really good at like portraying her that like, I, she's not super annoying. She's no, like, I loved her. she's definitely clingy to her friend, but like, I still feel like I enjoy her. Like I would enjoy to be around her. Like she's still fun and stuff. She's and a she's, good time. she's a good time. And she seems like a fun person and like whatever, but obviously she's got all this fucked up shit that she's not dealing with. She's watching videos of her mom on repeat. I'm just saying like, would any of us be that strong if our parents had died and some ghosts like supposedly was like talking to us as my mother? I don't know. Probably not. Exactly. So I'm just saying, Let's not all point fingers, you know, here. Let's also, all say who, I mean, I know you, you'd probably be fucking doing this hand thing all the time. Oh yeah, for you'd sure. Be like, yeah, oh. take it. I could see them all the time without it. <laughs> also, they're, they're in high school. So like, <clears throat> yeah, inherently they're doing dumb shit. So now yeah, we're exactly. just piling grief and, you know, getting high on top of that. So I mean, to be fair, at least the kids in this movie are not doing drugs. I think we can say that. However, I bet you the mom was like, fuck, I wish you were doing drugs with my son instead of this. I bet the the kid wishes that. (laughs) The mom in this reminded me so much of my mom in that she, my mom always knew the stupid shit that I was getting into. She's like, just be safe. Yeah. Like, don't get arrested. Don't. Don't go to the hospital. <laughs> Miranda Otto, you know who she played back in the day? She uh, she's was played a bunch of things. Awen in Lord of the Rings. That's right. That's like my main thing that I always remember <laughs> her from. I did. I did love that they twisted the idea of possession from being this bad thing to being like this euphoric experience. It was like the first time since Beetlejuice. I think we forgot to mention that one as like a fun form of possession, but like that movie is like the most fun movie since like in the genre, like outside of talk to me, I would say talk to me brings a similar fun vibe to the idea of like, yeah, throw your voice at parties and like possess people. Like, and it's mm-hmm. a fun thing. Like, they do a lot of funny scenes in that with that movie. Yeah. Whereas, like, here, I love that whole sequence where you get like the montage of everybody doing it. And it's so oh. fun because you're like, okay, maybe I would do it though. Like, it kind of does seem fun until that guy makes out with the dog. I think we're all like, <laughs> oh, God. That... So everyone knows that was CGI. The they dog didn't... was not licking him. Like they weren't tonguing. He wasn't really tonguing with the dog. Yeah. Like oh, they had okay. the dog licking something else on over his face and then like CGI'd yeah, okay. it. 
Because I was like, yeah, if he they really like that guy must have gotten paid extra, you know, like when <laughs> fucking Tony Todd had a bunch of bees in his mouth for Candyman. He was like, I'm getting 10,000 for every bee sting that I get. And I was like, fuck, yeah. Like this guy, I'd be like, I want $100,000 to do this. No <laughs> joke. That would be my price. <laughs> yeah, like the that party sequence when they're all just hopping around. I was like, this is perfection. Like, yeah. this, this looks fun. Yeah. Like they have the rules. They have it figured out. And like the previous scene, like when 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 Mia does the first possession, like they do a really good job of like, this is self-medicating. This mm-hmm. is her dealing with her shit. But rather than alcohol or drugs, she's doing possessive, being possessed. And when she comes out and they're like, how was it? And she's like, it was incredible. <laughs> I was like, I was not expecting that. I'm used to like people being possessed and being horrified by it. And she's like, oh my God, that was the best thing I've ever all like, done. Yeah, it's so fun. And I'm like, it's probably because it's just like turning your brain off and letting something else take over, which is just like doing drugs, right? Yeah, like it, it's like, it, it, like the first thing in part of me is like yeah that makes sense an out of body experience because mm-hmm. you're out of your body and someone else is in it and they're just doing yeah. their thing but like, I'm like it, are they like get out where they can still watch because I feel like I would be a little scared if I heard what this bitch was saying to Riley <laughs> like the fact that Riley ever was like yeah I want to do this after what this bitch said to him I yeah. would never have come back to this I would have never I would probably just kill myself yeah, like then, the, then when they do that second sequence of just everyone hopping around and like people singing in French and like having a good time, it's like, yeah, this looks fucking fun. Like, and you I, better could, I would be peer pressured into this. This, oh, I would do. Yeah, I would do it, and I'd be like, I would literally cry the whole time. Probably like as soon as I saw the face of whatever sitting in front of me, like, nah, nope, I'm out. I don't think I could actually do it. I think I'd be too freaked out. But it does almost seem like it'd be fun, and you'd just like, hopefully, I get like a Beetlejuice kind of spirit, you know. <laughs> nothing like i don't want any of these fucked up ones like the one that well, likes the, the boy yeah not riley because jesus christ again to bring up mike flanagan this movie has mike flanagan levels of child abuse like oh my <laughs> god <laughs> i think we should get that like as like a we should just copyright that phrase well we can't because it's mike flanagan but like you sh- it should be a thing that people measure things by because mike flanagan levels of child abuse <laughs> sound like the worst but like really it's like the best <laughs> he's like, just not he, afraid <laughs> when he gets possessed and then beats his head in i think like, it's like yeah Ugh. well it's first he tries to like gouge pull, his own pull eye, his eye. yeah that part gets me and then he's just like, nope, we're switching over. I'm listening to Metallica until I die and just beats his head against the tile. This kid beats himself up so bad in this movie that I'm just like, dude, how is this kid not dead? He must have a fucking steel plate all around his head. Because that, I mean, that poor kid, like he's got to have severe brain damage after yeah, that, like, you would think. Is there any brains personality left like when the when the spirit leaves is he just is is there anything there you think he knows what's happening like he wakes up and he's like what the fuck <laughs> like does he even have his eye like i don't even know it's like that's all fucked and he just like it's so shitty because i feel like they really do a great job of making you really like this kid and like feel for him and like want him to be okay you're like protective 
kind of. Mm. And then when they do that, you're just like, ah, oh, they fucking know. They're just driving the knife in right now. Because that was like really intense. And it was not like a quick thing where you're like, oh, the gore's over or whatever. It was like, that was just like rough and intense for so long. And like yeah. really well done and visceral. Like the sounds of him hitting, that's why it feels like he should be dead. <laughs> it's <just> like, well, <laughs> And then we do it all over again, you know, 30 minutes later when he's in the bathroom. <clears throat> And then he's like licking his own blood. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked, man. Whatever. Like, I mean, just the fact that this kid ever was like, yeah, I want to do it. It's like, I'm all for facing your fears, kid. But I don't <laughs> think this is the way to do it. When the spirits are like, we want you and we won't stop. Sure. Why not? Like, one of you have me. We'll see what happens. I don't want to ever get trapped in the underworld or whatever the fuck that was happening to this kid. When we say face your fears, we don't mean to literally use your face. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's a metaphor. Yeah. Jason, you just love the fact that this kid got fucked up in this movie. I mean, well, I get I love, it. But well, it, I love this Flanagan. Was, this was not as fun. I will say Flanagan also is not fun to watch. Like, I would say, you know, like the opening kill of Halloween Ends is so much fun. Because oh, yeah, that's, that's a blast. <laughs> it's a blast. And the kid, the bouncing up and the fucked up <laughs> shit is the best part. Whereas here, I'm like, this poor kid, don't do it. And same with fucking... Dr. Sleep. I'm like, these kids, I these two are like, it's way harder to watch, which is like, normally I'm like impressed and happy when they kill a child. As <laughs> fucked up as that is. I mean, I think at New Year's going forward for the rest of my life, when the ball drops at midnight, I'm going to just play the kid dropping down the stairs from Halloween ends. It's the best part of that entire movie. <laughs> it is, honestly. I mean, I enjoyed that movie more than you, but that's still my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> um... One thing I also really loved about this movie is that it had its own style, but I felt like it had little homages to some other movies. Like when I felt like the, the toe sucking scene, the precursor to that, I felt like was a straight hereditary homage where mm. she's looking in the corner of the room and it just lingers there. And then, but then you it's see like, something? no, instead of nothing happening, something's going to pop out and crawl. And, but like, it just but it's subtle <laughs> immediately thought of hereditary. And then also like when she calls her mom and talks to her and it's like blurry, it's like not a jump scare. It's like mm -hmm. this blurry thing. You're like, Oh God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, speaking of hereditary, this movie, we should have brought this up at the beginning, but what the hell? Uh, second most successful movie from a 24. It, beat hereditary for the second place spot so number one is everything everywhere all yeah, at once and then it knocked out hereditary it. wow that's high praise high praise <laughs> but yeah i i thought again back on like the the kind of drug parallel you know drug alcohol self-medicating thing like those you know drugs and alcohol they can be very fun in social environments like the party scenes you know when you go out and party, you drink or you smoke weed or whatever, you do anything you want. But then it starts to really turn when she starts doing it by herself privately. Yes. <laughs> or like putting not caring about other people's well, like well-being and being like, OK, Riley, you're going to stay in there because it's my mom that's talking. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like it's like she's not even she was so concerned about him a minute ago. And now she's like. I don't care because I'm getting my fix, right? Like literally at that moment. So she's like, I don't care about anything else. She's very single-minded in that way. She's very much a drug addict. And as long as she's getting that, she's like willing to do anything else to, to yeah. get it, which is fucked. And I, and I thought it was interesting 
they had that one line when they were talking to the brother who got stabbed at the beginning. And he's like, he's like the longer that they stay in you, the weaker they get. Mm-hmm. So it kind of reminded me of like relapsing. Like, you know, you stay away from it. You know, you do all these things to stay in place because if you go back, then they're just as strong as they were the first time. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. and I, they, they never really talk about what happened with the brother. Like, I feel like they could do a prequel to this of just the brother. That's actually what they um, had already planned to do, I believe. And they might be Is a prequel. That. They have a prequel there. I think they greenlit the sequel, but I believe a prequel is like planned. Like they have storyboards and like scripts and stuff. They have already written it is what they said. Like the brother okay. story. Because I feel like the brother in the beginning, what happened to him is similar to Mia where like he was talking to his dad or like, you're not him or whatever. Or like they didn't, saying. they didn't blow the candle out. So the doorway stayed open. Yeah. Kind of thing. Or it stayed open. He was in too long. And then I think it sounds like it was using like a dead parent again. I just feel like that's like obviously the way in. I feel like a dead family member. If you have that, yeah, like maybe you should use this thing. Yeah. <laughs> However, that's like the person who's going to get the biggest fix from it. Right. So yeah um are we are we good to talk about uh some questions about the possession that i had that we wanted to talk about well actually real quick before we get there i just want to say this movie had one of my favorite um unexpected twists when she was when she like did the talk to me with um, Riley in the hospital. They tried to use the hand yep. and then she held his hand and did it. And then that little girl popped up when she said, I let you in. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. It goes, both, goes ways. both ways. Yeah. That was fucked up. Like I was like, Oh shit. Cool. Cause I, the whole movie, I was wondering like, how are they going to do a sequel with this? You know, yeah. it feels like we're really racing towards a conclusion, but like, it's so popular. I get it, but it's just funny that, yeah, like I would assume there'd be another thing, but, but, um, but yeah, I thought this movie did such a good job of, of world building throughout just like what this hand thing is. Like they talked about where the hand came from. They're like, it was chopped off somebody, but they like, I love that. Like they speculate about stuff because it's like they're kids. They're not going to know everything. Yeah, like, and then that's like what you save for the further sequels, as we've learned from Saw on our rewatches, you save all those big revelations because they're going to need twist endings later on. Except I feel like <laughs> the they're actually going to have something planned for these ideas, whereas Saw is like we have to somehow connect these pieces. Um, so they're putting we'll that just... shit out. They were putting that shit out once a year for like fucking <laughs> ten years. They're like, "What's your idea? Okay, go make a Saw movie. We need one by cool. October." <laughs> Let's go to the past. Uh, <laughs> We're all but, going you know, back. <laughs> but yeah, like the the little things that they did, they're like, oh yeah, it's the hand of some person who was a spirit a caller, medium, thing. or a satanist. Yeah. Like that's what's cool. But then, like that little thing, it's like, okay, so that implies there's a second hand, which kind of the the ending. Which let's talk about the ending, and then we'll get to the questions. Yeah. Um, I thought the ending of this was brilliant. Because it really filled out the, I don't know, I guess the story, not of the characters, but of the hand and what's going on, where it's like they are talking to spirits through the hand and then she dies and then she becomes a spirit and then she talks to someone else and like 
Mexico or some some Latin country, you know, um, I, I think I said Portuguese. I don't know the subtitles, but anyways, she talks to them through that. So now it's come full circle. So now she's the thing that she yeah. talked to in the beginning. And I was like, whoa, this is such a well-rounded like yep. thing. Now we could just conjure universe this thing now. Exactly. Like, the second hand. What about the feet? Where's the feet? <laughs> like, Where's the is head? there a dildo of this thing? Ooh, if you fuck or, it, can you say it? Is it I even a guy? Is it a girl? <laughs> I imagine there's not just some like haunted vagina out there, but like that would be a great ripoff of like if they're we're still making scary movies, that would be what they would do. It's like yeah. another body part, like a dick or something. It'd totally be a dildo. A, pe- a you know, not to be sexist, but a petrified vagina has less effectiveness than a petrified. I'm just penis. speaking honestly, yeah. <laughs> As like, I mean, you there's no way to keep that thing comfortable to use. It would not be fun. It would be more like a fucking like one of those finger traps. Um, what did you what did you think of the ending? I love the ending. I thought it fit and it kind of had one of my favorite things where it's like. In horror, too, I feel like they like this is often a theme that they play with of like somebody dreaming or like thinking of their like their whatever their worst fear is, is what ends up happening to them at the end of the movie. So it's Mm -hmm. like what came first or like how did she know like that kind of shit where she talks about her worst fear is like looking in the mirror and there's no reflection. And I say I speak to people, but they can't see me or hear me. And it's like it's literally exactly what happens to her. And then it's like then I'm just all alone in the darkness. And that's like exactly it. And I was just like, I love that. I think that that's just like like you said, it just brings it all full circle. But it was really brutal. I felt really bad because I really was like, as much as Mia's not a great person, I felt very connected to her and felt bad. It's like, she mm-hmm. doesn't deserve this. Like, yeah, she made some fucking errors in her life, but... She killed her dad. <laughs> okay, she didn't actually. Her dad was at the hospital and the vision walking out of there just fine. Although some people debate that. They think maybe he's taking the elevator to heaven and she's All stuck right. in limbo. She stabbed her dad. <laughs> yeah. So like her friend he, said yeah, that he, he was still he alive, alive when she got there and she called the cops. So, yeah. Or an ambulance. Right, what, what was your question? Well, I was just saying, let's talk about the ending ending because like, yeah, we all know that like, obviously she's the like spirit hand and like the one who is let in at the end. But like how we get there, like a lot of people debate about if who's possessing uh, Mia the whole time. And same with like if Riley, that vision that the little ghost girl shows her, if that's real or if that's just the ghost manipulating her. A lot of people just like there's little hints that they mention in the movie. I feel like that really back up the whole idea of like the spirit who wants to be in you forever is going to fuck with you and manipulate you with stuff from your life that they know will affect you. Yeah, they say that they can imitate them. They can imitate people close to you. They know everything in your thoughts and your mind. So like they can use that against you. And if they're in there for too long, then they have longer access. Like they can keep coming back and like fucking with you. So then uh, this is actually another question that we got. Are you saying that Riley's or sorry, uh, not Riley, uh, Mia's mother? Mm hmm was not actually Mia's mother. No, it was not 100%. No. Do you, what do you think? Do you agree or no? I don't think it was Mia's mother because it was a very manipulative thing to begin with. And it lied about a lot of stuff. It lied about everything. Like I think it, I turned on it when she stabbed her dad. It all 
kind of felt there, but it was definitely when she was standing at the highway with the, with Riley in the wheelchair. And she's like, I'll take care of him. And I was like, no, I don't believe you, bitch. I did. I mean, I didn't trust this bitch from day one, but I appreciate that you figured it out the last second. Um, but but... I, I, I I think it's just a, a different spirit. I don't do you think no, it's No, it's the water, it's the drowned woman from the beginning and I'll tell you why and I've noticed this oh. on rewatch is that if you because in, in her first encounter she stays longer than 90 seconds like they can't yep. take the hand off of her. So she already yep. extends the connection with that woman which means that that woman will want to stay with her. So she's going to do everything that she saw in her mind and I'm going to use all of that against her. So it's like every time you see her mother, the sound of water is really prominent in the sounds that you hear. Mm. And then especially in the final, like towards the end, the mom starts to look more wet and like she's like bloated like the woman was at the beginning. Oh, so her mom starts getting like soaked in water and you're like, okay, yeah. So this is like and they even say like they can imitate people. Like they're it, like, what are the chances that she would fucking find her mom like the second time that they do this? You know what I mean? It just yeah. feels like it's a little too easy like that. I mean, in a lot of horror movies, that probably would be the thing. But I like the fact that it's like, no, no, no. These ghosts are fucking like there's bad ones, right? There's there might be yeah. fun ones that are fine with staying, whatever, because you, you cut cut them off. But like once they get a little taste, they're not going to want to fucking go. So I believe that they would do everything they could to try and get in there and fuck with you to take over your body. Yeah. And what you just said makes a lot of sense. Also with the line that they say about they get weaker, the longer they are, the longer they're in you. So it makes sense if they're good at like hiding, but then the longer that they're in them, the 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 water you know all that stuff starts to kind of pour out a little bit but Mia's kind of too far gone at the, that point but like like you were saying when she's talking to her at like the very end but when they're like right by the highway it's like she's really wet she looks disgusting and she's bloated and creepy looking mm -hmm. you know and plus just like the fact that like her dad even confirms that her mom committed suicide with the suicide note and then the ghost like I didn't do that it's like well okay obviously you're lying but like I mean, at that point, Mia's like, yeah, I'd rather not believe that my mom killed herself. So, like, <laughs> sure, I'll be with you. But, like, I I just really, I thought that that was a really interesting thing because I feel like that's also something that, like, the like it, the demon who possesses you will always, like, they know your de deepest, darkest secrets. Like, we learned that from the exorcist and shit. Like, they're always, mm -hmm. like, shouting shit at you about that they know is going to fucking bother you. They do that even when they're not even inside you. So I imagine it's 10 times worse if they actually get access to your brain and like your memories mm. and shit. So I, I feel like that's how it was able to manipulate because it does it. It starts and shows up as her mother right before the, the bad one takes over Riley, the bad yeah. old guy. So, yeah, Boom. Uh, you're welcome. Solved it. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't really do anything with like demons in this. It's just they're all spirits. They're and, spirits, but they and they're seem all like they all want to they all want to live again. So it's like if they get in you. They seem like, yeah, they're, they're in a specific realm of like they're not like in hell. They're not. I mean, maybe I don't know. But like it seems like more of like some limbo area where yeah. they're like they're not ready to move on. But like they're they're not fully like, I don't know. It's weird. I, I just feel like that's where like maybe the lost souls end up. I don't know. It's mm -hmm. creepy. It's creepy it's that like way, a, though. It's kind of like a purgatory thing. <clears throat> yeah, but, exactly. Which sucks. Uh, <laughs> so 
the last question that we got, and we can wrap up on this. Did did Mia jump into traffic or was she pushed? I'd have to like rewatch the last scene a hundred times probably to get a better answer. But like, it's like, I want to say that yes, she figured it out because I do feel like her sit, like the sister was not close enough to be able to push Mia into traffic and save the brother because like, it just felt like she had more of a distance to go. If you watch the final scene and you slow it down, it does show them in a split second. It shows them standing there and it shows the sister running up and like they get there and then the car blocks the view and then the body. Okay. So the the sister is there. So here's my thoughts. I don't really know which one I think it is, but I have two options. One is that Mia realized that she was being manipulated and she's like, I I stabbed my dad or I think I killed my dad. So like, I can't get out of this. She touches Riley takes whatever's in him and says, I let you in. And then she jumps to like, Mm. to ruin it. Cause Riley from the visions, Riley gets out and he's in good health. His eyeballs are all in place. Die with them in you that like, that's how they keep you. Right. That's what they said. If like if he dies, if Riley dies with the spirits inside of him still, then like he will be like they'll have him forever. Granted, again, like this whole thing that like they the vision that you see of Riley down there with all the spirits touching him all over and he's screaming like, is that real or is that just the spirits manipulating her to make her think that he's being tortured? That's another thing. I thought it was the spirit needs a body to live on. And so if you kill the body then the spirit can't live on. Yeah. But they were saying that if you die with the spirit inside you, that like that will have your soul forever. Like that's where you'll be. You'll be with them forever. They want you like they want innocent souls wherever they are or some shit. Well, it sounds like there's some propaganda because when she dies, she's okay. And it looks like Riley lives on her. Unless Riley's going to live on and do like an omen type thing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Let's not put it past him. The kid has it in him. I think he was, he did a really good job. Like, I mean, we all think of Linda Blair from the exorcist is like a great kid being a fucked up thing, but like this kid really went for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He really nailed it. But the, the other option that I juggle with in my head is that she still took the spirit out, but then the sister pushed her into the thing because when she goes into the afterlife, she's kind of like, Oh, dad, Everyone's okay. Like, uh, I, maybe that's what happens when you die, because you know we have no way of knowing oh, what no, actually I know what like looks like. But I like to think it's like Beetlejuice, where you're like just in a waiting room forever, and it's just like really boring, like regular life. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love that's about true it. True purgatory. There's like that fucking the handbook for the recently deceased, and they're like, this reads like stereo instructions. Like, I just feel like that's what we're doomed for. Um, which would be almost worse but yeah it's like we don't know but it seems like i feel like once she's like once she stood up i was like okay this bitch looks fucked like i don't (laughs) think she lived it's like like, she's got all those like that fucking scar down her face and like like i mean just when you're looking at the scene not good (laughs) the evidence for her getting pushed is that she's made all the wrong decisions up to this point so why would she make the right decision at this point at this point, 
which is pretty compelling. So uh, if I had to pick one, I think I would say she got pushed. But I think either way, she took the spirit out of him. And that's why he ended up okay. He ended up okay because they were saying that, like, she didn't need to do this whole thing again with him. Like, the, the whole talk to me hand that's again. true. They, they were like, you don't need, like, it'll literally, like, the longer it's in him, it'll get weaker. So, like, it'll leave. You just need to yeah. let it be, you know, and stop <laughs> letting the spirits manipulate you. But she was like an addict. That was her fix. So she figured it would help him, even though it was making things worse for her. It's yeah. a total addict move. <laughs> well said. That's actually pretty true. Yeah. That's that's the real ending is that she is just causing her own problems. She's definitely like a self-destructive. I think one of the best examples of a self-destructive character, but like cannot wait to see what this chick does next because she's incredible. And will she be in talk to talk to me the sequel with the two instead of Tio? That's the question. Are they going to do that or are they going to do a uh, something stupid like now you see me? Two. two when yeah. it should have been it's the perfect opportunity for now you don't but exactly they don't do it it would be like like you'd have i mean maybe they didn't have enough of a following for the first movie because like <laughs> that's a really bold choice to say like that that is your title it's like what there'd have to be some subtitles it was like now you see me too <laughs> now you don't <laughs> No more haunted houses. No more ghosts. We're done with it. I don't know if that's actually true. Everything you just said is not accurate. I would like to just have that stricken from the record because the next movie does have both of those things. That's very true. Yeah, you you live in a state of uh, of haunted. You know, not just me. Okay, everyone, we're talking about another supernatural movie, supposedly. It's a detective trying to disprove a supernatural. How's that? You're right. Okay. You live in a state of haunted. But next week, we're talking about the trilogy, the third installment of the, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, Hercule Poirot. That's close enough. (laughs) Okay. I got close enough. No, Uh, you did it. It was good. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Haunting in Venice. (laughs) Good job, Jace. Which... uh, I feel like it. it's so weird how fast some movies come to streaming and how long it takes for other ones. Like, A24, like, get them to streaming sooner. Like, I feel like yeah. this movie came out two weeks ago. Like, it, but it's it, on Hulu. It, it came out in September, and it's already it dropped on Halloween. And I don't think, I think they announced it, like, the week of. So it was, like, a very, like, last minute, here you go. Which was awesome, because I watched it on Halloween, and I have to say it was a really great non-horror watch that like was just spooky enough for the season but still works at this point after Halloween I think yeah I feel like it's like a it's like a perfect gateway drug kind of yeah. horror movie where like it's a murder mystery the entire franchise is built on being a murder mystery but like oh but there's maybe ghosts in there so like but yeah. are they real yeah <laughs> it's a nice come down from talk to me where the ghosts were definitely real they're very real and they're still talking to me but yep, i bet they are michelle yo is in this so i'm definitely gonna watch it of course like <laughs> well that's just saying i think that just goes without saying for us at this point if michelle's yo if michelle yo is in it we're on it <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so we're talking about that next week uh it's on hulu 
so i know we're uh we're in november at this point but you know i like hold on to the horror season because it's a great thing to hold on to you know you know i might get into sad girl season but i'm still gonna keep a little bit of spooky and i think this movie's the perfect transition yeah i feel like we ought to talk about some some vampires at some point this mm, month uh, but... yeah of course but uh yeah that's uh, everything for us here on the podcast. If you want to keep the horror train going, um, we watched Saw X, and it's coming up on the YouTube here soon, and we're going to go through our rankings of the 10 Saw movies. Jesus, there's 10 of them. Uh, yeah. Two of them are spinoffs, but now I guess they're chronological. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It doesn't matter because... We both, I think, enjoyed Saw X more than we thought. So Saw X was a good time. Stay tuned. Yeah. And uh, be up. Until then, uh, you know, review us on, on whatever you're listening to us on. But yeah, we'll see you next week on the regular exclusive podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here. <laughs>